I went from, you know, closing the door on who I thought could be my future to laying on a table by myself, you know, with a fertility doctor in the gap of my thighs, trying to figure out if I'm going to have a future. It was insane within 48 hours. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Mark and I are blown away by the tremendous support on the heels of our 150th episode. We're excited to welcome thousands of new subscribers and wanted to share a few of our past listener favorites. Thank you again for subscribing, favoriting, and sharing. Now sit back and enjoy the show. best way to support the show is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or ratings on iTunes, please do. It helps more people find our show. And if you want to be on it, please shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. I am pulling back the curtains of all walks of human secrets. We will hear, you know, those deep, dark secrets that people hold inside of them until like the day they die or those secrets that are silly and fun and embarrassing and you don't want to tell a soul you know the ones we hide from ourselves and other people the how what when where why of it all so today my guest is Kelly. okay Kelly, i have a question for you dun 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 what is your secret <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brianne, um, my secret. So when I was in my early 30s, um, I dated a really, really hot guy. He was a model and I used to be a modeling agent. And um, we met in New York and we ran into each other in LA and we began dating and I fell in love. And one night in the middle of the night, I got up to go to the bathroom and he was on the computer watching porn and I confronted him and then he, you know, lied about it. And uh-huh. a couple of days later, I found all of the porn all over my computer and all this fetish stuff. And I wound up staying with him and keeping that secret from my family and friends that I was in a, you know, a very deep, long seven-year relationship with a porn addict and even went to um, uh, programs, group, group programs for him to stop and, and support groups for myself until it didn't work. And when we finally broke up, I realized I was 37 years old and I had given him the best baby making years of my life. And so Mm. I decided privately to um, go get my fertility tested and freeze my eggs. Wow. Most people don't know um, the journey to that was um, a dark discovery. 
Okay. I have so many questions. <laughs> I really want to have your ex on to talk about his porn addiction, but that's another, that's another thing, but. Oh, it continued even after we broke up more stuff happened, but yeah. Oh, well, we I'll might have to you. dabble I'll, in that. I'll tell you. Yes. <laughs> so you created this secret after this horrible betrayal, right? Yeah. Yeah, that you were trying to make it work with this person that obviously wasn't willing to drop his drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did you feel like at the time you couldn't tell anyone you were doing this? It was extremely embarrassing. And the other thing was, is I felt my self-esteem plummet because all of a sudden I was not enough for this person that I was giving my all for. And, you know, every time I looked in the mirror, every time I put on a a sexy dress, every time we were out in public and I caught him, you know, looking too long in another woman's direction, um, I became more and more small. And it became extremely hard for me to open up to anybody about how I was re-injuring myself by thinking that there was something that I could do to change or fix that. And I've been known to be the person that gives the best advice and super strong. (laughs) And sexy as hell. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't matter what you look like when someone has an addiction, you could be the most perfect individual and you cannot change them or fix them. Right. You didn't cause it. You can't cure it, you know, and um, you can't control it. Those are all the things that I had to learn. And I also went on to date an alcoholic after that. Like there was, there was something in me that was not healed that was um, creating tethers with people with addictions that were damaging to relationships, trust, uh, you know, all of those types of things. But to be um, with someone intimately and to know that they have such a hunger and a desire for something you cannot give them enough of. It will never, never you know, satisfy. It'll never be enough. Um, and it was very, because my life is uh, about friendships and and being strong and talking and giving advice. It was so damaging for me to let that secret out that actually this guy that they knew and loved as well for seven years with me was um, deeply uh, addicted to pornography and other behavior that I didn't find out about until three years after we broke up. Mm. And can you name some of that other behavior? Are you comfortable? Yeah, I am. You know, uh, well, the other behavior was a lot of cheating, a lot of Mm. fetishizing and a lot of like, um, I assume I don't have proof of it, but I think my gut at this point is enough proof of prostitution. And, you know, so things like that. And um, we actually were back in each other's lives like three and a half years after we broke up. Really? I kept that a complete secret because after I did reveal 
what the true nature of our breakup was for me to even consider talking to him again after the things that he caused was something I would never tell anybody. And I didn't. And to this day, I have issues telling my friends about my romantic relationships because I'm just super, I think, still um, triggered by keeping that secret for so long. And when he was back in my life, it was a time where I was really, really low. And it was a sexual relationship. I'll be honest. I wasn't even in love with him anymore. And right, right, right. I almost think I wanted revenge in some sort of way. And then I went to sleep one night and I had a horrible dream that I was yelling at him for cheating on me with my roommate, which I don't have a roommate. (laughs) And so it wasn't a present dream, but it wouldn't let me go. And I woke up and I texted him the next morning. He didn't respond. And I kept calling and calling and he didn't respond. And then I finally, you know, sent him a message on Facebook, like, listen, I had this dream and I just feel like something could be wrong with you. It was like, I woke up with a migraine, like I was screaming at you and it just won't let me go. And I found out when I continue to scroll Facebook that he was married that same day that I was dreaming that, that same night, it was September 25th. It was a Sunday night and he was getting married. So the whole time he was sleeping with me, he was engaged to another person and wait for it who happened to be a woman he cheated on me with that lived around the corner. So now this dream that you cheated on me with my roommate made sense because I never knew this woman. I never saw this woman, but I later found out he, you know, his car would be parked outside of my place. And there was times I'd be like, where are you? Why aren't you at the door yet? Like, what are you? Oh, I'm just at the park taking a jog before I come over. But he was cheating with my neighbor, who he's now married to, and came back to cheat on her with me. Oh, my. You guys, if you could see me, my mouth has been open probably for the last two minutes, maybe, or the last 20 (laughs) seconds. I am like, I, I, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Listen, I'm not judging him, but I've done some sneaky stuff, but... Uh, that takes balls. 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 That is like, he thinks his shit don't stink and he's going to like get what, get what is his when it's. Yeah. He doesn't, he asked, he literally doesn't care. And he literally wanted to have sex with me and whoever else again, before he got married, thinking that was going to cure him or that was like the amount of narcissism and disregard for humanity that it causes somebody to just literally use you like there's there's that thing where we say like I just feel so used but you know you were like kind of part of the process of allowing right 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 to happen. <laughs> and then there's this other thing where you're where someone literally does not care about how they are affecting the rest of your life your health your whoever you are, because he had a need and I was on the list. I was on the, the, the list of things to conquer again before marriage. And of course he's still doing it now. Like nobody needs to, I don't even no. need proof. Of course. Of course. No, if he's not getting help in massive therapy in a, pr- a bunch of 12 step programs, it sounds like he's probably doing the thing. And it's, it's the thing that I always tell people, 
you could, he probably could put a bag over every woman's head. It doesn't matter who they are, what they stand for, if he cares about them. He's just trying to fill this hole inside him that can never be filled. It's never going to be filled by a woman or, Mm -hmm. you know, or images or any of that. So I'm glad you're smart enough to see that now, but I can see how damaging what you just told me can affect a person and a woman. Yeah, especially because I feel that I wasted so much time because I'm so empathetic and because I'm so compassionate and caring. I really did fall into the trap of thinking that I could change someone or that I could love them into health or that somehow I would be different for him, you know, and it became a cycle of telling myself whatever I needed to hear until I was ready to face the truth about what was really going on, who he was, but also who I was, that that was something that I was willingly signing up for day in and day out for seven years of my life. Yeah, that seven years. So it finally ended. Did you, before you got back with him, before he got married, crazy? I know. Is that when you froze your eggs and went through the process? Yes, he literally, you know how you break up a couple of times before the final breakup. Yeah. So when the final breakup happened, he left and uh, we didn't live together. He left my place and shut the door. And I immediately, it just hit me, go freeze your eggs. It was literally in the moment that the door slammed. It was like the universe, God God just like came into your brain and was like, and it's time to freeze your eggs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) For me, it's God. And I just heard God say, freeze your eggs. And I'm like, huh? And then I just said, okay, God, if this is you, it'll happen smoothly. It won't you know, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call the doctor for a referral and we'll see. And I did that. And my gynecologist gave me a referral for a fertility specialist. And I called them and they said, well, we'd love to see you, but we need you to be on your cycle. And I was like, oh, I'm on my cycle. And they were like, what day of the cycle are you on? And I was like, oh, I just started yesterday. Okay. Can you come in Wednesday? And I was like, wait, what? And so the next thing I knew, like two days later, I'm going to the fertility specialist after this massive breakup from a seven-year relationship. And I'm crying and walking to the doctor's office going, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, And I, I go in there and I get the whole ultrasound and, and look at my follicles and freaking out. And I went from, you know, closing the door on who I thought could be my future to laying on a table by myself, you know, with a fertility doctor in the gap of my thighs, (laughs) trying to figure out if I'm going to have a future. It was insane within 48 hours. But that's so beautiful. I mean, on the outside and hearing it now, it's so beautiful because things sometimes that flow that fast and that easy is that is God's plan. Yeah. So how long did the process take? I know it's really hard on a woman's body because a couple of my friends have done it, but mm-hmm. they, I haven't discussed it with them. So what is that process like? And if you're, you're going through it alone, did you tell anyone or did you just keep it a secret in general? Um, I told my mom because mm-hmm. I'm extremely afraid of needles. And so my mom is in Philadelphia. She's, and, and I'm in, in LA and I flew her out to help me because 
I needed the support and, you know, I was still going through a breakup. So it was like double trouble over here. And I knew that the hormones added to that. Like I could self-destruct at any moment. Any moment. You could literally lose it over the smallest. (laughs) If your button came off, you'd be like, "Ah." exactly. I would lose it. So I told my mom, like, do you want to come help freeze your grandchildren? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And because it was over the Christmas holiday, I really didn't have to tell anybody in the industry because the acting industry is um, shut down around that time. So it was like the perfect time for me to keep the secret, the perfect time for me to get fat and bloated with the hormone shots, which I did. And the process- Everybody does. Everybody everybody does. does. Yes. The process to answer your question was um, very emotional, but for me in a positive way, it was a way out. It was a way to plan my future. It was like a declaration of you're going to be okay and you're going to find happiness again. And this is the first thing you're doing to ensure that for yourself. And I mean, the shots were, I'm going to use the word brutal because I hate shots, but you know, after a while you just, you suck it up, you put some ice on your belly, you stick that thing in and then that's it. Um, but it was about 10 to 14 days of hormone shots and then a trigger shot um, and then getting the extraction and waking up and finding out, you know, what the deal is, how many you got. So for me, I was very lucky and blessed. I had 32 eggs extracted <gasps> and 29 of them were successfully frozen. So I have 29 eggs in a freezer in El Segundo right now. So you're not going to have 29 babies though, right? I know, like right that's now. crazy. <laughs> I have a kindergarten class hanging out, but uh, no, I'm not having 29 of those suckers, but I'm glad that they are there. Well, here's my next question. I know some people hate the seven deadly sins. I think it's a part of human, you know, we all have sins. We all have cre- done sins. So I don't see it as a bad thing, but where would you say like keeping this secret and even the secret of seeing your ex again, like, where would you keep this? We have pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, sloth. The first time before we broke up the first time, pride is what um, kept the secret inside of me. It was far too embarrassing. Um, and also, you know, when you hear yourself say the truth, you actually have to face it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so there's something, there's something powerfully destructive about not saying what's really going on because it gives you the power to continue to live a lie and a secret that makes you feel like you're in control of a thing, but it's extremely destructive because you absolutely are not. And it's going to ruin your life. At some point you have to face it if you want to be healthy and move on. And I think the second time he was in my life, which thank God before that dream, Um, you know, it actually turned out to be a brief period. It was like four or five months. Um, It was lust. And I think that I... Do you think it was a little anger too? Because you said like you wanted a little revenge. Like maybe you were using him in that time. I I was using him to get over another relationship that I had after him. And I was also angry at him, there was something about it that made me want to sexually dominate him, you know, and knowing that I was 
in control. So I thought knowing that I was calling the shots this time, like when you can come over, when you can't, when I'll withhold, you know, Oh, I'm doing this. Let's see if he'll show up at my show downtown LA. And then he does with flowers. Like I was calling the shots, but little did I know he was engaged to the woman he cheated on me with. So like it was, I didn't have good intentions going in and I already knew who I was dealing with. But again, when you're not ready to face the truth, you lie to yourself. And I was coping with, I was coping by sleeping with him again. Yeah. Yeah. This one secret is just a ball of other secrets. It's amazing. It's like, (laughs) it's like when we're in a stage at a, in a period of our life where we just don't want to confront reality or what's really going on or looking at our own, why we even kept allowing ourselves to hurt ourselves with other people and their behavior. So my thing with keeping the secret of, you know, the breakup, all that, who did it benefit and who did it harm? Well, um, it benefited him. Um, you know, because he was able to live a double life and, you know, he could have a persona in public with me and he could be this whole other person, um, at home. And, and I was protecting him and, it completely harmed me because I was now someone that um, was allowing uh, betrayal to be a part of my love story. And I was also not loved. Um, You know, he was addicted to me too. He was addicted to the fact that he could do this to me. And no matter how many times we broke up and I would cry and this, this, and that, the pullback, you know, at the time when he would pull me back in, it was almost like, maybe he's changed or see, he really does love me more than before. But it was more like a codependent enmeshment. It seemed like you were both enmeshed with each other. And listen, as a person on the other side of that behavior, I know that I was so broken, I could never truly love someone until I loved myself. So he probably thought he loved you. He just Mm -hmm. didn't have the tools to understand how to love and be committed. And I'm not justifying his behavior at all. Right. Because he sounds like he's really sick and needs some help. Um, Yeah. Maybe one day he'll hit enough bottom where he will get help, hopefully. But I also want to say, I think it benefited you because you took your power back as a woman and did that for yourself, getting your fertility. Because I feel like I have to say, I am so like, when you speak sometimes the power that comes out of you, women think they need to have a man to have a baby or to create a family and they don't. And you were one of the first people I know that did this for yourself and not for like a man. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a beautiful experience. Number one, just to know how amazing women are and and what our bodies do and that we um, bring life into the world. And then some of us where it may not work out the way we want it to, we still have this enormous capacity to love and nurture other human beings. And it's, it's, 
No one does it like a woman does it. No mm-hmm. one does it like a woman does it. And um, I feel that society sometimes robs women of the celebration of their own life choices, you know? Oh, you think? Yeah, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But in the fertility space and in the relationship space, you know, we have bridal showers and weddings and then baby showers and all the things where people are spending thousands of dollars celebrating the fact that someone found partnership and then got pregnant with that. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to celebrate, but we don't do it the same for women that are single or not partnered or in a same-sex relationship and are deciding to do it in a non-traditional, non-conventional way. You know, I always tell women now that I have a platform where I talk about fertility a lot that when they're like, I can't afford egg freezing and da 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 and all these things, I said, throw yourself an egg shower. How many yeah. baby showers have you gone to? Throw yourself an egg shower and register at paypal.com or venmo.com. And even when they say to me, oh my God, that's a great idea, but like, well, who will go for it? And I'm like, people that love you. Yeah. People that love you will show up for your life. But until we normalize the fact that we don't all do it the same way, you know, until we normalize it and make it great, not okay, but great that a woman or a man decides to adopt or freeze their eggs or go through IVF or sperm donorship or egg donorship. Surrogate or all that stuff. All the things, all the things. Yeah. Well, just so you know, I hate weddings and baby showers and all that. And I think it's a waste of money. (laughs) So I just had to (laughs) say that 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 gorgeous, beautiful wedding. I know, but it was so small and it wasn't like we didn't spend a lot of money and it was just like our friends at a house, you know, that was why it was such an amazing experience, especially for someone like me that wants to get married one day, because Number one, I think the first night I met you, I met your husband on FaceTime, I think. I think so, yeah. (laughs) You talked about him the whole time we met, and then I got to meet him. But then just to see how much you guys love each other, when you see two people look at one another and they literally see forever in the other person's face, it's so inspiring. It's so beautiful. It really is. Well, I do. My husband is great. And yes, we, but we've been together for 15 years and it's not a fairy tale. And I think people think weddings and having a baby is a fairy tale and it's not, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also, you know, you have to be committed or it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Well, I'm not married yet, but I'm glad I didn't marry that guy. Oh my God. I'm so glad too. Okay. So let's wrap up. I know she's a very busy woman. So how are you going to move forward in the future? Or how have you, I know you just said you you're talking to other women. So tell us what, what you've been going on with all this. Well, you know, I have been moving forward and dating and living my life and working. And one day I did have a panic attack because I wasn't quite yet in the relationship that would produce a possible baby daddy. And -hmm. I had a panic attack and I thought, Oh my God, when you go to the grocery store and you buy eggs, there's a sell by date. Like, is there a fertilized by date for my frozen eggs? And I called my fertility specialist to make sure my eggs were still okay. And they were like, yeah, of course they are. And I said, I know that was a crazy question. I said, don't worry. A lot of women call here panicking. And once I heard that I got royally 
pissed off because I thought to myself, like, excuse me, why do we have this healthcare system where women calling panicking is a common thing? Yeah. You know, and it really, it made me think. And I grabbed my computer and I wrote a movie called 29 Eggs and sold it to a network and we're in development now so that I can continue to tell the fertility story and help educate and bring awareness. So that's been a huge healing thing for me. And I move on by, you know, trusting God and trusting that my time will still come. I, I'm human. There's days that I doubt. There's days that I cry. There's days that I scream at him for, you know, letting me have this platform without the baby, you know? And then there's days where I just know, like talking to you, it reminds me that everything will happen when it's supposed to happen. Everything happens in the time it's supposed to happen. And I just have to tell you, I do know women that have gone and done it themselves and they love their life and they love their baby and they're not sitting around waiting for this fairy tale that people say we have to have. So if God comes down tomorrow and whispers in your ear again, like, go have the baby then maybe you should listen, you know? I will. Okay. I'll be, I'll be calling you to go to the doctor with me and hold my hand because my ears are wide open, God. Whenever he says it, I'm doing it. Like there, there's no hesitation on my end whatsoever. Oh. I'll know when the time is right. Good. I Anyway, I thank you so much for coming on and sharing that crazy, amazing, <laughs> inspiring story because women need to hear that they're not alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're not alone. I went from porn addict to freezing eggs and writing a movie about it. Like you just have to follow your life. That's yeah. all. Follow your life. Follow your truth. Well, and thank, thank you. you for having me on this awesome, awesome show. That was healing. Good. I'm glad. I feel better. (laughs) Shay, she's healed. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. This is Secret Life Podcast. If you want to be on the show, please just message me below. If you have a past secret that now you're through and on the other side or a present secret that you're still holding, email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. I look forward to hearing you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Secret Life Podcast. Please subscribe, share, send me a note, and you can always support the show with a donation on our site, secretlifepodcast.com. Until next time, bye. Bye.